Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Hello, Miss Mary. Hello, Jillian. How are you today? (sighs) Well, we're kind of... I'm good. Okay. Oh, there was like a hesitation, though. Well, because we're in the heart of Tasha Yurik's book. Yeah. Insight. And it's like tough stuff about feedback. It is tough stuff about feedback. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I want to make everybody happy. I know you do. <laughs> so I don't, so don't want to go there. She's so upset the last episode because yeah. she's like, oh, you ended on like a Debbie Downer. and like, <laughs> sorry, all the Debbies out there. But, you know, um, and I'm like, yeah, but this is like the reason that we're doing this is because... It's so important. Yes, it really is. We I mean, can't stay in happy land all the time. I want to, though. I know, I do too. I like happy land. Everyone likes happy land. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, here we go, continuing on yes. talking about external self-awareness, just because it's so important. Uh, next episode, we're still going to be talking about feedback. Yep. Uh, just because it's so important to get through this material and give it some real thought. Yeah. And then I'm we're gonna, done. Yeah. We'll, be, we'll be fully fed-backed. I know. It's <laughs> so such a word. That's right. Fed-backed. We're fully fed-backed. Yes. And we can go back into happy land. D- true. Hang with us and we're <laughs> going back to happy land very soon. Well, I don't know. Well, <laughs> anyway, um, I want to tell you something, though. Okay. Because I have been the recipient two times in my life. Yes. Maybe more. Yes. That were maybe intercepted by the interceptors okay. of anonymous feedback written out. Oh. Have you ever had that? Yes. It's brutal. It is brutal. Well, one time I actually sought it oh. out. Ooh. I don't know what I was thinking. What were you thinking? I did it. I like As the leader of my team, I sent out an anonymous survey. Oh, geez. Meaning people could say whatever they wanted to me. Right. Why was I seeking that out? So it's different from what you said because you didn't actually... Right seek it out. So all I'm going to say to you is, yes, if you were invited, mm. you know, in a 360 or whatever, one of those 360, you know, feedback questionnaires. Feedback. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if the person's seeking it out, be honest, but also be kind. Yeah. Right. Like there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you can be, you can give a, a critique of a person's performance or behaviors mm-hmm. and still try and be kind. But the other thing is, do not ever send just anonymous feedback. Yes. Like, that's just... That's totally unfair. It's totally unfair. Or the other thing I find very difficult is when you are, um, your boss comes to you and says, uh, I've been getting some feedback about you and goes on to specify it. And you are completely blindsided because your peers have not talked to you even once about that situation. And then this it breeds this suspicion on the team, and yes. you're kind of like thinking, who was it that gave that feedback? Mm-hmm. And then what do you do? You spend all your time ruminating. About who it might be. Right. Yeah. And being suspicious of people. That's right. not healthy. Yeah. So feedback, while so needed, can be a, a weapon yes. of mass destruction it, because... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just, uh, my brain just went. I know. Yeah. Oh, so I'll give you an example. So we have a community Facebook page yeah. um, for our little neighborhood. And it's been, it's been great. Like f- 90% of it has been fabulous. Like last night, somebody's giving away a desk chair. So they post it on and somebody scoops it up, right? Blah, blah, blah. But there was this letter that was written anonymously to one of our neighbors. 
and it was complaining about the maintenance of their property. Yeah. And one of the admins got a hold of this and posted it online. What happened was the neighbors stood up and said, this is not the kind of neighborhood we want to live in. Mm. If you have a complaint against your neighbor, walk across the lawn Mm -hmm. and ask them, hey, is everything okay? Would it be okay if I cut your grass today? Right. I I see that it's getting a little long. You've probably got stuff going on. Right. I'd be happy to cut it for you. Or I'd be happy to shovel the driveway. Yeah. Rather than write something so nasty. Yeah. Well, thank you for... (laughs) Jillian stepped into the cap because I was sitting She got a case of the giggles. (laughs) <laughs> and I had to turn away my face because giggling for me is extremely, <laughs> extremely contagious. Okay, I will just give you a little insight because the last time we used the word <laughs> weapons of mass destruction, there was a very, very funny story that came with it. So I shouldn't have used that word. And that is like, it's horrible. The word actually what it means is terrible. But that's why. Yeah, it's whoever. Anyway, I, I apologize. Thank you very much for stepping into the gap. And talking about how sometimes feedback can be used to really hurt people. It can be. And I hate this thinking that we have. Well, I'm just being honest with you. I'm oh. just being honest with you. Like, I'm, I'm letting it all hang out. I'm telling you the truth in love. No, you're not. Well. You think you're, that's not loving. I tend to watch reality <laughs> TV shows because it's so bad that I can't, like, I'm always yelling at the people on the screen. But one of the things that I struggle with is those, because they, of course, are meant to stir up. Mm-hmm. Drama, but the people who say, I'm just telling you the truth, I'm just telling you, and they're saying nasty things based on just an emotional reactive response, and that's not helpful at all. No, it's not. Sorry. Uh, We have totally digressed. Let's talk about the right kind of truth. Yes, let's talk about the right kind of truth. So, first of all, let's start with the right people. Right. Uh, And let's talk about the the people who aren't the right people. And and Tasha Yurik talks about two kinds who are not the right kind of people. So unloving critics are the type of people who would criticize everything we do. So if they're constantly criticizing you and there's nothing good that they can say about you, they are not the ones. No. Because there's something going on relationally there. Right. The integrity of that person is is questionable. Well, it's, yeah, yeah. They, they have their, possibly their own issues. But the other one, ooh, this one's a little bit more difficult, is <laughs> uncritical lovers. Uh, while unloving critics hate everything we do, uncritical lovers wouldn't criticize us if their lives depended oh. on us. And so this group can include uh, people who think we walk on water and could do no wrong, <laughs> like maybe our moms, and those who are afraid to tell us the truth, like people pleasers or people who are afraid of us. So yeah. like, you definitely don't want to get feedback from people like that because nope. you, you can tell from there is either all positive or all negative. There's something wrong with that picture because none of us are perfect and none of us are that evil either. That's right. So how do we, what do we need in the right people? How do we choose that? So she has three criteria. Okay. One is that you have to have a level of mutual trust. Agreed. Okay. So trust and closeness aren't the same thing. No. So trust is that sometimes the longer we've known somebody, the more complex the relationship is, the more history we have. So sometimes the feedback can be filtered through that history, both good and bad. So if you choose somebody that we have, you have a long convoluted history with, then you're not necessarily going to get the most helpful feedback. It may be. 
but you've got to keep that in mind. So at the same token, if you have somebody who doesn't know you quite as well, but has kind of um, feedback about specific behaviors that they've seen in you, they could be really great, especially if you trust that they actually genuinely want you to succeed. Right. So the feedback is not meant to be competing against you or to harm you, but they actually want you to succeed. So the, the mutual trust is you want them to succeed, they want you to succeed as So well. there's this motivation behind the truth. Yeah. That what, like, why are they sharing this truth with you? Right, exactly. So it doesn't mean that you have to be close with them, but it means that you have to have this sense of trust yeah. that what they're saying is for your good and your benefit and not their own. And the second thing is that person has to have sufficient exposure to the behavior that you want feedback for. And a clear picture, this is really key, of what success would look like with that behavior. So, for example, if I were to go back to that woman who commented on how shrill I was when I was younger, uh, did she have enough opportunities? Was she in enough meetings where I was talking where she had uh, opportunities to observe? Yes. Then also, did she have a clear picture of what success looks like, like what she would see as successful. In that case, no. So then she wouldn't necessarily be a good person. But other people in the room mm-hmm. who would have been exposed to my um, talking uh, might have uh, a better picture, like my boss at that time or a team member that I know I could trust for their right. feedback. So that's uh, important. So don't just get feedback from somebody who would like, uh, I don't know, or they'll make something up just to make you feel good. And the third thing is, <laughs> this is the one. Are they willing and able to be brutally honest with you? Ooh. And the best yardstick is whether they've ever told you a tough truth. Oh. Right? Yeah. And so if they have never, ever told you a tough truth, then there's a good chance that they may not be able or willing to be brutally honest with you. Yep. So I think that's pretty pretty good. I think so, too. But it's like so hard to get to that layer. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. So you think about the people in your life right now who could possibly give you that feedback and they have to have your back. It would be a very small number of people. Well, it depends. I mean, if you're working in a corporate environment and you're regularly interacting with others and you have very specific, like, I want to get a sense of how people are perceiving me when I'm talking, mm-hmm. when I'm sharing an idea. Right. Uh, I, there's probably a number of people who could give me that feedback. Yeah. I'm talking like the entirety, like how you show up in all the venues. Oh, well, well, It yeah. would be really tricky. Yeah. Well, that's but, this is, but they are out there. There yeah. are people that are out there. And also, I'm curious because we don't always show up in the same way in different environments. No, that's very true. Right. So I'm curious, like, if I'm doing a speech, how people might be perceiving me versus, like, are you actually tracking with me? Are you actually understanding me? Because I think I'm very understandable. And I've been told feedback in the past that sometimes I don't. I'm not understandable. (laughs) Um, Okay, so asking, so finding the right people, but also asking the right questions. So one of the most important aspects of the right question is how specific it is. Okay. So you have to have a sort of specific working hypothesis. So you have to have a certain thought. Okay, so my hypothesis is that when I speak, sometimes I can come across as trying too hard to impress. So that might be my hypothesis. And that's why she perceived me as shrill. So, you know, what are... So then if I'm going to go to you, then I'm going to ask you for feedback specifically. When I'm talking... You know, um, at what point do you ever feel like uh, it's more about how I'm being uh, 
perceive versus the content of what I'm saying. Right. Gotcha. Right. And I think a good disclaimer there too is probably not good to go to a person and go, um, I've got this feedback from somebody else, dot, 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 dot. How do you, have you experienced this for me? Like, because you're already planting the seed in the person's mind. Yes. And they might go, if they want to people please you, they're going to, oh, no, 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 no. Right, right. You're right. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So you might have the specific hypothesis in your mind, but you have to be careful that you're not leading the conversation that's, that that's gets the true. feedback. Yeah, that's Because if you're important. hearing that same feedback from a number of people uncoached, then it's probably very true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I know. And that's sometimes really hard to take. But this is why. And so you want to be as specific as possible about what behaviors or what's coming across about you that needs to yep. change. Okay. And the second thing is, it's a good idea because, I mean, there are a thousand things about ourselves that we need to change. <laughs> to just focus on one or two of these working hypotheses at a time. Because right. you're going to get overwhelmed Yes, you don't. Very quickly and defensive. And then you're going to shut down. Yeah. Yes. So it kind of reminds me when I think about when I am working with a client, I usually start off with a bit more of a um, assessment, kind of get where they're at. Mm -hmm. And I'm getting all sorts of theories going on in my brain. Mm -hmm. But wisdom requires knowing which ones to focus on at which time. Right. And not overwhelming the person so they feel like, oh my gosh, I'm a complete loser and I've got so many things to change. This is not possible. Mm-hmm. And when I think some of my successful versus less successful coaching experiences, I have a feeling that that comes to bear. Because sometimes I can get really excited by all the things that I can see that yes. for that person. Yeah. And I don't realize I'm coming in a very overwhelming, like, oh my gosh, I got so many things to work on. (laughs) I got to change my whole life. I got to change my whole life. (laughs) So yes, you have to be realistic, but like, and part of being realistic is that we can't transform overnight. No. We can't transform everything. Like, I'm all done. (laughs) Yeah. I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. Um, You and I were working with a team, and these were kind of frontline workers Mm -hmm. in the enforcement area. Yeah. And there was one young woman in the room, Mm -hmm. and um, she had this expression on her face that looked very cold, very distant, and almost like um, judgy. Yeah. Remember? Mm -hmm. And... um, and actually, we had the group do an exercise on self-awareness, mm-hmm. and that she actually called it out in herself. Mm. You know, there's a term for it, and she said that she has this particular resting face. face. Yes, yes, and she was aware of it. And then there was another fellow in the same group mm-hmm. who was very jovial. Mm-hmm. So, like in his appearance, in his presentation of himself and you can see in enforcement mm-hmm. how both of those things could have been barriers right one is like oh boy i'm in trouble because this person's coming at me looking like that mm-hmm. and then this other person who's jovial and upbeat but then is going to slap you with a fine right. you're getting mixed messages right and you can't take them seriously right right so they both knew these things but they could work on that thing alone, alone. just the approach yeah Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas there were other aspects of their character that probably needed tweaking. But that one thing was like a significant barrier yeah. in their job. Yeah. And that's just a simple one yes. thing. And that's the idea. So focus on one or two things that you can work on at a time yeah. and one or two things that you can get feedback on yes. at a time. Um, 
you know, the people who have the most dramatic, it seems like overnight transformations are ones who've been working on it for a long time. Oh, and yeah. they've been taking incremental steps in their transformation. Yes. Right? So that's key to keep in mind. So Remember, having, in the previous one, we said, you know, Jesus asked the vineyard owner to give him a year. Yes. It's not overnight. Yeah. It's like step by step by step. Yeah. And a year is just maybe one or two things. Oh, <laughs> That's how many why, years have I got left? I know. Well, how that's many why, things have I got to fix and how many years have I got left? <laughs> Maybe that's why we live as long as we do. <laughs> You're not done yet. You still got things to work on. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So having the right people, yep. asking the right questions, and then using the right process. Okay, great. And she's got six things to, six steps. First of all, pick three trusted critics. Okay. So don't just have one, three. Because three seems to be a magic number. It is. But it gives you so that it gives you... If three of them, two out of the three are saying the same thing, yeah, something's going on. Number two, set aside 15 minutes for each conversation just to give them some context. So explain to them yes. what you're asking of them. And 15 so, minutes is probably all you could take. Well, no, no, no. You're not giving feedback yet at this point. You're oh. giving them, you're going to say, I'm oh. seeking this out from you. So I'm going to give you some time to think about okay. it and to maybe observe. Okay. Right? So you're not going to blindside people by going, hey, give me feedback right now. Because <laughs> they, they, they want to be careful right. about how they say things. So give them, you know, a heads up. And then give them some time to observe you and to think about it. That's number three. All right. Uh, especially if they don't have the concrete um, data. <clears throat> and then number four, uh, set up a timeline or regular meetings or like some follow-up process that is predictable and uh, they are aware of it. You're aware of it all okay. as well. And yep. so you kind of follow through this. And then as you're getting this feedback over the series of meetings with these three people, number five is you start to build a picture of how your behaviors are coming across. Right. And I would pick with these three people, people who are at different um, levels and uh, ex uh, experiences of you. Yeah. Kind of see how what's yeah, translating across. Yeah, because then you know how, how authentic you are. As yourself. Right. Showing up in different right. environments. And I would ask people who are doing the feedback to actually note down as specific as possible when they've observed that behavior, what's happening around there. Because the last point she makes is it's really important to identify the triggers that can cause that behavior to occur. Okay. So it's one thing for me to be aware that I do that shrill thing. It's another thing for me to be aware of the trigger, which is I'm in a room of new people, I'm trying to impress, whatever it might right. be. So if I'm getting feedback back from these three people that's as specific as possible, I can then uh, recognize where I'm going to be most vulnerable. Gotcha. So that's, now that she's describing again a work situation, but you can adapt it to all sorts of uh, ways that you can get um, feedback. In fact, she suggests something she calls the dinner of truth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that already oh, sounds bad. Imagine getting an invitation to that. <laughs> you are formally invited to the dinner of truth. <laughs> well, you will be the subject matter. <laughs> oh, man. Don't they call it roasting? Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh. That's brutal. Anyway, so she's uh, suggesting Professor Josh Misner uh, in personal relationships. So you contact a close friend, family member, or mentor, someone who knows you well, and and you actually want to strengthen your relationship with them, not not no, not destroy it. Invite this person to a meal, and then during the meal, okay, okay, are we gonna do this? Oh no, no, no. <laughs> okay, well, 
Stella, you think about it. She's 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 putting her hands on her hips I at am. me right like, now. I Stella's been poked and prodded way too much. <laughs> this lab rat needs to be freed from a prison. <laughs> okay, people, join us, please. We can't do this on our own. So during the meal, ask them to tell you the one thing that oh. annoys them the most about you. <laughs> okay, but first of all, tell the person why you're doing it. Nothing is off limits, that you aren't allowed to answer defensively, and that you're actually wanting to listen with an open mind and heart. That takes a lot of courage. It does take a lot of courage. Well, I'd suggest starting with somebody, like if it's a mentor or a close friend. Right. I think I think it's oh, we can I, do this. My poor husband, if I asked him this question. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna? Yes. Okay. I am. Okay. I have actually asked Peter about this before. Because I I see how he reacts to me. <laughs> <laughs> because he's not always tracking. And so I asked him to think about it. Like, wh what's the most annoying thing I do? And he told me. <laughs> he said how often I interrupt him when he's trying to lay out a thought. Oh. Because I am a fast processor. Oh, you are. And I already come to a conclusion, which may or may not be accurate. <laughs> hey, maybe this is part of the shrill thing. Maybe. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Oh, she's having a light bulb moment. I am. Anyway, but I think I might need to come at it again. But I don't know if I'm going to ask him. Okay. I'll, I'll think about it. But during this meal, ask the person the one thing that annoys you the most about you. Wow. So uh, Professor Misner or Meisner says that mental preparation is key. Yes. So you do have to go into That's why into you're putting it. me on the spot. I can't do this right no, now. No, no, no. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So you don't have to identify as whether you're willing to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Her arms are crossed. Yeah, no, my body language is, is saying, is no, no, look, no, look, no, no, no. Look, look at this eight. Yeah. Protection mode. That's right. Full armor on. Yeah. She's got her arms crossed and yes. hands clenched. So go in <laughs> with the anticipation. Like, think about it, the worst case scenario. They're going to tell you the horrible thing that's going to No, be. I'm not going to even think that. I'm, but I would go in and I would be prepared. Yeah, be prepared. If I mental preparation, I would go in saying, yeah, this is for my good. But listen, you've done this, this already. No. You have. Because, and I won't go into details, but you've actually gone in with a very, very difficult conversation and mm -hmm. asked and op openly asked for it. So, like, listen, girl, you're so good at this. No, I'm not. I just, okay. I fake it, people. I fake it. All right. Well, you're very good at it to me. Okay. Um, so second, for, so mental preparation. The second thing is make a decision about how deep you want to go. So the closer the person you, we are to that you choose, the more insight we stand to gain, but the scarier the conversation is going to be. Yeah. So the other thing, too, is the person you ask might not be ready to open up to you right away. Right. So you might have to kind of start with, you know, just saying, hey, I just am looking for self-awareness, external self-awareness. I really want to grow. All I want to do is check your perceptions against mine. Sure. And, and I would even say to the person, you know, I know that I annoy people. Yeah. There <laughs> like, you go. I know that there are behaviors and things about my personality that annoy people. Yeah. But, and I'm seeking some clarity. So what, what, what is one of the things that annoys you? Yeah. I think so. Right? That might be a nice way to say yeah, it. Because exactly. when I think what annoys you the most, I'm thinking, oh, 
Yeah, that's true. I, I like that. Start、yeah. with what's one thing that annoys you. Yeah, exactly. And then you give the person permission to start with maybe something lighter. That's right. Because I think. Going back to our previous episode where you were talking about even when hard pressed, only 80% of people will tell you the truth. Right. It's because, like in relationships, if I'm really enjoying the relationship,、mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to harm the relationship by、exactly. giving like, truth, truth. Yeah. That's so、right. I might skirt around the truth、right. in order to preserve the relationship.、Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not obviously a good thing if you're seeking out feedback.、Mm-hmm. But, like, I've. You know me, I like value is a few relationships I've really invested in.、Mm-hmm. I don't want to rock the boat with those too much. Yeah. But I think the word annoy is a light enough word. It is. It's not a devastating、no. word because it could be something as the fact that I say a certain thing a certain way. Right. So it could Or that a- you chew your popcorn loud. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's annoying.、Uh, but that's again, it gives a person permission. To go where they are comfortable going. And then、right. the key thing, though, is as the feedback seeker, is that it's our responsibility to keep the conversation going. Yes. So then you could start to kind of ask further questions, probe a little yeah, more. Yeah, because if I, if I put it out there and you tell me something、mm-hmm. and I go cold on you、yeah. and do the silent treatment, that's not helpful. You're going to think, oh, oh boy, I really crossed、yes. the line there. That's right. What's she thinking? Yeah, so you have to, this is really, you got to stay engaged, stay、mm-hmm. curious, ask questions. Questions try really、yeah. hard not to be d e f e n s i v e Wow, was there a time when you experienced that? Like, tell、yeah. me about a time where that happened. I'm sure you've got something in your mind. Can、mm-hmm. you share that with me? Right. Yeah. Well, this professor, the first time he tried it, he did it with his kids. Oh, 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 oh no, Can no. Can you imagine? Oh, man. What was he? Oh. Yeah. And so he got some pretty honest feedback that he didn't realize was happening. He's a he's brave a man. Brave, brave man. <laughs> yes. So you might not want to start with your kids.、No. Or. Because both you and I have adult kids. Yes. And there's, again, back to what he said about the complication of relationships over the long term.、Yes. If you have younger kids,、yeah. maybe you could ask them. They won't even remember the conversation the next day with you anyway. Right. And you know, kids can be brutally honest. Of course they can. So it may be a good time to establish that in your relationship with your kids、yeah. is that you actually genuinely desire feedback and they have a say. Yes. And of course, you're going to filter it through their, like, if they're telling you it's because you're mean because you never give them candy. Yeah, that's different. You're going to filter that out. But, like, I think that's a really good thing that you might not realize is being perceived. So, for him, I think his, the feedback was around his inattentiveness to the kids. Ah. That they were picking up on it, but they were, in, they were interpreting it as something else. Right. Which he hated the idea that his kids would misinterpret his love and, and, and presence. Yeah. For his kids. Well, you know, it's really interesting because I live with a four year old, right? Yeah. And I can see、um, sometimes this correlation between unwanted behavior、mm-hmm. and disengagement. Yeah. So, you know, let's say、um, three of us are in, on the main floor and, you know, a little guy's playing away with his Lego、mm-hmm. and we're all busy on our phones or whatever. And then we'll observe this behavior where he's gone to do something that he knows he shouldn't do.、Hmm. Well, what's he doing? Yeah. He's telling us, no one's paying attention to me. Yeah. So I'm going to do this thing because I know if I do this thing, I'll get your attention. There you go. Right? So it's subtle, but、mm-hmm. it's there. That's true. And so for, for me reading into that, if I were able to talk to him, for he's only getting to know his emotions,、mm-hmm. he would probably say, You're not paying attention to me. Right. Right. And it is true. It does require more interpretation、right. when it's a young child because they're going to show you with their behavior. 
Of course. And a lot of times we like to just say the kid is acting out, but a lot of times your child is communicating with Absolutely. you in their immature way. Yes. Okay. Well, we have one more episode on the F word. Yeah. <laughs> Feedback. Yeah. I think we're going to get a lot of hits on that. Yeah. Just the title of it, the F word. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey. Nothing but provocative here. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, well, so tune in next week yes. to the F word. Yes. When we get unexpected and surprising feedback. Yes. Which, oh, that's a hard one. I know. But it's a good one. But it's a good one. We're going to Hang in it. there with us, people. Hang in there. The good old feedback word. <laughs> there We're you go. going for it. Peace. All right. Okay, Mary. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life Podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.